Welcome to Alutacast, a podcast made by Alaska Natives natively. It's a show that explains how our past influences our future from our modern Native perspective. On July 14th, I interviewed April Lactoni Counselor, the Executive Director of the Alutic Museum in Kodiak. Within this interview, I asked her what resources are available for shareholders who don't know as much about their culture as they'd like to know. My name is April Lactone, counselor, and I'm the executive director of the Alutic Museum here in Kodiak. Mm-hmm. I'm a tribal member of the Shunak tribe of Kodiak and the native village of Larson Bay. I grew up both in Larson Bay and here in Kodiak. I went to Brown University on the East Coast for uh, my undergraduate, mm-hmm. and then I completed my master's and PhD here in Alaska through UAF. Wow. Okay. Now you are the CEO of the Alutic Museum, and yes. mm-hmm. and being that, I'm sure you have a very knowledgeable base of true factual resources that shareholders can find and turn to to learn more about our culture. So what are some of those resources? Well, a a good place to start getting your feet wet with information about Mm -hmm. Alutic culture is through the Alutic Museum's Facebook page, because every time we create a new resource or post a new activity or anything like that, we will announce it on our Facebook page. So by Mm -hmm. liking our Facebook page, but also selecting that you want to see all of our posts or our posts first, that means that you'll always get notified. Um, Also, people can visit our website at aluticmuseum.org and there are quite a lot actually of resources on that website. I'm going to pull it up right now actually. Okay. The Lutic Museum is a nonprofit. We were created in 1995 because of this region wide need uh, mm-hmm. for our culture to be preserved but also revitalized, right? So, yeah. Um, We exist as a way to protect our historical sites, our archaeological sites, our ancestors' graves. We exist to take care of all the objects that have been collected here in Kodiak so that they don't have to be shipped to a museum Mm -hmm. somewhere else on the East Coast. But then, you know, the other part of our work is the living culture. So creating things that encourage people to access their culture, to learn about things, because more and more our Alutic people are scattered around the world. So they need um, a one location, like a one-stop shop to go to when Mm -hmm. they want to learn about their culture, because some people might not have a grandma or a parent that grew up in our region that did the subsistence or learned the Alutic words, and we want everyone to have access to that. So a good place to go is the aluticmuseum.org webpage. Stuff, if you go under learn at the very top, there's okay. all sorts of things all about the Alutic people. There's a plant gallery. Okay. Um, also. Mm-hmm. We also have a plant app. Of course, this isn't as useful to people that aren't living in Kodiak because it's specific to the plants that are in Kodiak. But people might still want to learn about that. Whenever we have a new exhibit, we also put that exhibit online because we know that our 
Aleutic people down in Washington or California, they might want to see it too. Yeah. Um, so we try, you know, there's certain things that are easier than others. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to give a gathering here in Kodiak the same feeling online as as people are going to be getting. But we're, we're trying to learn how to make those things more accessible. The Aleutic Word of the Week, people can sign up for that and get it by email every week. And that is a great way to learn about the culture because it has a word and a sentence, but it also has a couple paragraphs about that word or topic in our culture. Yeah. And so people can go to um, the Aleutic Museum website and scroll down to the sign up on the bottom right part of the website. And that way they'll be added to our mailing list and get the Aleutic Word of the Week and also information on our programs that are happening. In addition to the Facebook page and the museum website, every month uh, we do a monthly uh, like an e-newsletter okay. that people can, if they sign up for like the Aleutic Word of the Week, they would also get that once a month. We mm-hmm. try not to like bomb people's inboxes too much with mm-hmm. too much but if you don't get on Facebook all the time or Instagram or whatever other platform um, we're on, then sometimes you might not hear about those things. Or even if you're a fan of the page, it's up to Facebook if it's going to show you the post, right? Mm-hmm. So we post and we hope that so many people see it and then like 200 people see it yeah. <laughs> because you have to specifically, you know, say, I want to see the posts from this organization first so that you'll always get every post from the museum. Also on the webpage, I told you about the learn, but there's learn, explore and research. And so um, learn is just like more like who are the Aleutic people, some very basic stuff. It also has the Aleutic word of the week archive in it, okay. which is searchable. So even if you just now found out about the Aleutic Word of the Week, you can go to the museum's webpage, click on the Word of the Week archive, and then search for like berry or dog Mm -hmm. or cloud, I don't know, whatever you want to search for. (laughs) And if it's in there, it will show up. There's a special section that says for teachers, but it's also really good for families because it talks about all of the different ways from an educational perspective that people can interact with the Aleutic Museum, which talks about how to do a tour, how to see our exhibits, the different activities that can be done in our gallery. We have education boxes that teachers can check out, but also Mm -hmm. a family can check it out, especially now that people are not coming into the museum as much Mm -hmm. and they're trying to find ways to interact with the culture, you know, at, at home or whatever, or in a a smaller setting, they can still check out our education boxes, just like if they're a teacher or a Girl Scout troop or anything. You don't have to represent an organization. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, uh, there's an Alutic uh, language database in there, Alutic language online. Well, there's actually two websites to know about, Alutic language.org, which is run by multiple organizations, um, especially right now the Shunak tribe, because they have a big grant on it. But then there's also aluticeducation.org, which is another website where they have um, resources about Alutic culture. Additionally, during this time of COVID, nonprofits that rely on tourism are now having to cope with the lack of tourists this summer. However, there are ways that you can help and donate.
if people become a, a family or individual member of the museum, mm-hmm. this is another way that if people are really interested in the culture, that they can get kind of more closely involved. Okay. And that means that they would be paying a membership fee uh, each year, but that fee is basically considered a donation for mm-hmm. tax purposes. And even though all the native corporations donate to us on an annual basis, you know, this year has been pretty hard for all nonprofits. Yeah. And so we're hoping to get shareholders and descendants to understand that even though the, the corporations give us funding um, that helps keep our lights on or helps pay the rent, we still need funding for all of the programs and activities and videos and other things that we do mm-hmm. to make sure it reaches more people. Yeah. So I tell people, you know, become a member because then you also get the printed newsletter in addition to the, the monthly mailed one. You can also get other benefits like 10% off the museum store or website for museum merchandise, free admission. Although if you're a shareholder and or a descendant, you already get free admission mm-hmm. because what a Fognac Native Corporation donates every year. But it's just really up to the individual to figure out like, okay, you know, what my corporation provides is already enough for me because I only want to access this stuff occasionally. Or if they want to get more involved so that we know your name, you know, we have your mailing address and we can yeah. get in touch with you and, and share more information with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you also get a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing that we've really been focusing on while making this podcast is what it means to be Native and how that's different for every person. And so what does being Native mean to you? For me, being Native, being a Lutic person, it represents being part of a bigger family or a community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you're not fully Native unless you have X percent blood quantum. Mm -hmm. or you're not fully native unless you know this, that, or the other about your culture. But I know a lot of Aleutic people, a lot of native people from all sorts of backgrounds, and some people might not have had access to that when they were growing up, but that doesn't make them any less native. Um, You know, I, I had my daughter, I have two daughters, one of them is 13, and she's a tall, strawberry blonde with light blue green eyes Mm -hmm. Uh, she looks much more like the european side of the family and then i have my younger daughter who looks a lot like me in terms of coloring and my older daughter said to me once that she felt like the younger one was more native and i was so sad to hear that i knew how she felt because even i got you know, people didn't think I looked Native enough in certain parts of my life, but mm-hmm. I understood how hard it was for her to be so proud of her culture and to know that she's a part of it because I'm her mom, but then to feel like she's somehow less than uh, because she didn't have a certain appearance. And so I reject all those things about, you know, you have to look Native or you have to have a certain amount of blood quantum or you have to be a shareholder or you have to be a tribally enrolled person. You know, there's yeah. all of these hundreds of different ways that it's defined and usually it is defined in ways that are limiting to the size of the community rather than welcoming so the government tries to put various restrictions on who can call themselves native so that the government's responsibility to indigenous people is lessened but that can get into a whole big lecture so i won't do that to you (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's what we talk about in you know college level theory type courses about um, you know, being indigenous and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's, it's a complex identity, and and I know how. You know, I have spent time living in the lower 48. I've had family who've lived down there for decades. And, and knowing that feeling of longing for a community that you might have never even lived in. Yeah. It's kind of special and unique to our Olympic people. There might be other groups that have a similar experience, but I think that's one of the things that brings all of us together or unites us is this kind of, um, you know, we all came from the same original homeland, no matter yeah. where we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That was all the questions. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. All right, Isabel, that was a wonderful interview with April Lactonin, counselor. Did you get any feel from her on how the museum is doing right now? It sounds like they're working through it right now especially with covid and lack of people able to go there it sounds like they're able to keep going but i think they do need more donations more help if you can oh yeah no i'm I'm sure all tourism especially in alaska have been really hard hit by this and i'm sure everywhere all over the united states well the world for that matter but you know i've been to the museum and uh well, on lots of occasions. Have you been there? Yeah, I've gone there, I think, a couple times. And the most previous time I went, I was not aware that there that we had petroglyphs, which, thinking back to it now, it makes sense that we, we'd have to have a writing system and everything. And so it's it was really cool to see that. Yeah, you know, if you've never been to a Fognac and actually been where the petroglyphs are right above high tide line mm-hmm. it's a really neat feeling to be able to touch something that you know your el- your ancestors were a part of mm-hmm. and i think that is why the museum is so important because it actually gives us a physical tie to our ancestors a lot of our artifacts i mean it's no secret have been taken to washington dc and you know yeah. all over the world just like the uh france you know mm-hmm. uh, boulogne sur mer where the masks have been uh but of course have come uh on occasion back to kodiak to the Olympic museum but i was uh i've been very fortunate that uh, i've had a couple opportunities to travel to france and uh um you know on my own and see the masks and I, it's hard to even describe when you get to touch something that connects you to your ancestors. But you can also look at this online, and I wasn't aware of that either, the exhibits. Mm-hmm. And, of yeah. course, April mentioned that. Yeah. They put every exhibit online that they, any new one, any one that's been longstanding, like the plants, mm-hmm. all of that's online so that people who don't live in Kodiak can still access it and still learn more information. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I really, really appreciate that. Also, of course, word of the week, you know, when I started my dance group, that that was a really big part of, you know, helping me compose new songs. And granted, I'm no expert on our language, but just seeing it, hearing it, of course, that's always really important. But using it is a whole nother thing. But I am have been a, a donor to the museum and uh, hopefully, you know, that they'll be fine during this this time. So this is one great way that our people all over the United States can 
you know, uh, learn more about their culture, I think the most important thing to remember is you know more than you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are so quick to say, I don't know anything. In fact, even when I applied at the Alaska Native Heritage Center, I was in a job interview and I did really well, I thought. You know, I'd, I'd worked for Acura of Seattle for a long time and I finally quit my job. I, you know, like, why am I, what am I doing? This isn't what I, you know, set out to do. I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. So I quit and traveled and, you know, of course, I ended up back in Alaska. And when I applied for this job, it wasn't because I needed money. Mm-hmm. It was because I wanted to learn more about being Native. And, you know, that I went in and I interviewed. I did very well. I had a lot of work experience and work ethic. But the last question they asked me was, what Native things have you done? And mm-hmm. I, uh, I didn't know what to say. And I'd, I said, I've done nothing. And the, the truth is, I didn't know. I mean, I have been doing. Uh, I just didn't realize that it was Native. Mm-hmm. You know, no one ever said, you know, hey, wow, you know, again, your, your shirt you're wearing is very Native. I'm like, what? It's just a shirt. But, uh, yeah, I think being able to pull the culture out, show it to you, and go, that's an, what we do in Kodiak, and then you'll kind of chuckle because you're like, well, I do, I've always done that. Mm-hmm. So uh, be like ketchup and Parak, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and some people are, who are listening maybe don't, and, and, you know, have never been to Kodiak, but you're going, what is Parak? But everybody, if you hear Anthony's interviews, they all mention Parak. And, although none of them mention ketchup, I don't think. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, you gotta got to have the ketchup on there. But anyhow, anyways, I digress. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a place where we can come together. Definitely the museum website's great, but there's all kinds of websites out there that you can access now, including like this podcast that we are, you know, it's Native people talking about Native people. And uh, I think that's really important because it's our viewpoint, not somebody else's. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why we say the word in our introduction natively. We, we kind of talked about that before on our first podcast, but what does it mean it, you know, it, it's different to every single person. Hopefully we'll be able to talk more about that uh, during our podcast. Yeah. Next up, we have an Inupiaq song called Seagull. It's from an album called Our Dance and was produced by the Alaska Native Heritage Center. It can be found on both iTunes and Spotify.
All right. Well, after hearing from all our guest speakers in the interview, uh, I think we can come to a realization that uh, what's the be- how what is the best way to learn something? What do you think? Well, it depends on. I mean, obviously, it depends on what your preference is. There's different forms that people learn from best, but if you're a teacher, you can teach the culture and or teach whatever it is about being native and the native peoples and then if you're a student or if you're just anyone trying to learn you can listen you can read and research yeah oh i totally get what you're talking about there if you go online and you there's a cone of learning and at the top you know there are people learn by doing by listening by watching by reading yeah i totally understand but of course if you ask a teacher what what's the best way to learn something of course they'll tell you it's to teach it Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the more you share about your culture, the more you share about your experience as a Native person, the more you're going to reinforce it uh, in your own mind. I, th- I, I think I appreciate, well, that's why I work for the Alaska Native Heritage Center, and that's why I work for a Fognac now, is that every opportunity is an opportunity to teach. So even this podcast, it was going to be fun, and yeah. it is fun. Yeah, but, it is. But... It's also a tool that we can use for teaching as well. So, wow, awesome. I, I, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode, and uh, we look forward to creating another one. Yeah. All right, uh, so we already know one word, Kuyana. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you say, chili, Okay, we have to practice that one. It means until, <laughs> until we meet again. Dunk, dunk, chikumkin. Dunk. Dunk. Chikumkin. Chicumpton. Chili. Chili. Pretty good. All right. This podcast is sponsored by the Afognak Native Corporation through shareholder services. Afognak Native Corporation's high school slash college summer intern program provides Afognak shareholders currently enrolled in high school or college with work experience and an opportunity to explore career options. If you're interested or know someone who might be interested in this program, please contact the Afognak Native Corporation's shareholder services department at shareholderservices at afognak.com or call 907-222-9500. The Afognak Native Corporation is providing this podcast as a public service. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by the Afognak Native Corporation. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Afognak Native Corporation employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of the Afognak Native Corporation or the Board of Directors. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact podcast at alutic.com.